0: Welcome back, Amazon sellers. Today, we have a special guest, Warner Fields, who has grown his Amazon business from $1 million to over $2.1 million in yearly sales. In this episode, Warner will review his secrets to success and share his strategies for reverse sourcing, dealing with ungated products, and selecting profitable products to sell. He will also introduce you to some helpful websites and software tools to boost your sales on Amazon. Listen closely, as Warner shares his wealth of knowledge and experience to help you take your Amazon business to the next level. Make sure to comment on our YouTube video as well to win his course valued at up to $547. Check it out. Welcome to the next Amazon top seller podcast. Stay updated with the latest Amazon news and learn the nitty-gritty of selling on Amazon through Be Cool's ears of expertise in the Amazon world. I'm Samuel, and I am the host of this podcast, brought to you by the fantastic Amazon experts in Be Cool. Let's start our journey to become the next Amazon top seller. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we welcome Warner Fields from Fields of Profit to join our show. The last time we talked to him, he was doing six figures. But now he has grew by three times to $2 million of sales per year. He's only 22 years old at this time of this recording. And he is an expert in online arbitrage, as well as having a group of over 40,000 members in the Discord group and also this coaching service. And he will be giving away a giveaway of his Lightning FBA Roadmap course. If you stay until the very end, make sure to subscribe. Uh, We welcome Warner to our show today. Welcome, Warner
1: appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on again, Sam. It's good to be back.
0: So, Warner, I want to ask you, I'm going to go straight to the meat and it, for the people who haven't watched the previous interview, go watch that first. Yeah, but this is going to be different than what we asked last time. So, since last time, how did you scale up from, you know, six figures to seven figures within a year? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so I think the like the prior 12 months would have been somewhere around like 600k or something like that. So, Um, Went from 600 to, you know, 2 million or so. So um, about 3x. And the majority of that was just from being able to, um, you know, buy some of my own time back, Um, you know, leveraging virtual assistants, all that kind of stuff. Um, And really just there's just so much, you know, intangible that is just comes with more experience on Amazon where. Um, you know, it's just, you know, last time I bought from that supplier, like it didn't go so well. And so uh, fortunately and for and unfortunately, like a lot of growing on Amazon just comes with putting in the reps and putting in the time, like never going to be the guy to tell you all this is is passive. But I would say like the, the major keys were um, being um, on top of, um, you know, hiring team members, getting good, talented guys in my corner and then just really taking advantage of um, all those opportunities that I've continued to find. Um And in arbitrage, like over time, you're going to develop that big, massive catalog of products. And so what I've tried to build is, you know, anytime that same sale rolls back around, we're just going to go back and, and source those 5, 10, 20 items that we sourced last time. And, you know, having that big team and being able to just keep good track of, of your systems is really what it's all about, um, to be able to go from that six to seven figure uh, seller mark.
0: Has your mindset changed a little bit since when you were doing five, six figures? like now that seven figures, like, are there things that now you focus your time more on? Because you said you bought back your time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So now, like my main focus is to kind of help us take the next step, whether that be, you know, I'm going to spend, you know, 30 minutes trying to um, source somewhere new and try to, you know, alert the team, hey, this is might be a good place to look, or even better, like, um, I've been really expanding into doing some wholesale. So um been working on you know picking up the phone, calling some distributors, getting those price sheets, like all that um, has been able to you know, free up my time from that online arbitrage business to just kind of look for that next step, right? Um, you know focus my time on um, you know building selleramp and lots of the other you know personal projects I've been working on.
0: What does a day in the life of Warner Fields look like? <laughs>
1: Uh, it varies very widely and that's I suppose that's the joy of being an entrepreneur right is, is you don't have you don't you know sit down at the same chair and do the exact same thing every day but you know on a normal day I'd say I probably work you know one to three hours on my amazon business really just depending on what's going on usually about you know one two hours a day and then beyond that it's just you know making content helping people in the community um, I've been doing a little bit of coaching that kind of stuff it um, you know is, is good to help those other guys grow their Amazon business. Um, but eventually, you know, I want to try this this crazy concept of of not working <laughs> um, once you you know built the systems and all that kind of stuff. But I'm um, still definitely putting in some some good effort into you know all the all the projects we're working on.
0: What's your motivation to help other sellers grow? Uh, I mean,
1: it's 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 human nature to to help people and and watch people do things that you were able to do and you know create that for them to like. Um, something I can think of that's probably one of my favorite stories is one of the, the guys that I've helped, um, he started selling on Amazon. Um, he was like, all right, three months from now, I have to be selling 35 grand or I have to go get a job. And then three months later, he sold like 38 grand and he didn't have to get a job. And then he was like, I just get to stay home, sell on Amazon, get to, you know, hang out with my kid a little bit more. And so just hearing that, like, um, You know, some making some videos, help some other guy across, you know, across the country, like be able to stay home with his kid. Like that was a, that was a cool moment for me.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Like being able to work remotely, maybe as a job he didn't like, uh, I was talking with a guy who is a truck driver and then uh, he was doing that as well. It's like what you mentioned, you know, he, mm-hmm. and he had three kids. I uh, wanted to spend more time at home and it was extremely difficult, you know, uh, And then, but for the different products, what products are you selling now? The categories, what categories? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially like in arbitrage, there's, there's going to be opportunity all over the place. Um, I would say we are heaviest in like shoe, apparel, that kind of stuff, um, just because it has a high a- ASP average sale price. So um, we ship a lot to like prep centers. And so that helps kind of, you know, average those costs down on those items that tend to be a little bit more expensive. Um, but really there's there's opportunity all over the place. So we do a good amount of vitamins, beauty, um, grocery, all that kind of stuff. Like really anything that's profitable. If the data looks good, we'll we'll hop on, you know. So how do you plan what
0: products to sell?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just whatever's uh looking good on the the website sales that day, right? Like that's kind of the 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 beauty of arbitrage in a way is that you're just hunting for for the best prices relative to where they used to be, right? That's that's the whole game, is how can I buy this item cheaper than anyone else ever has? And so one day you might be sourcing makeup because there's a good sale and you can, you know, buy a discounted gift card and all that kind of stuff.
0: The next day you might be looking at that, you know, that shoe sale that might be the best place to look that day. But how often do you change categories or you add new new products to, you know, you add new ASINs yeah, to existing ASINs?
1: Yeah, for sure. Our uh, our team adds new ASINs every day. Um, that's kind of the, the good and the bad with arbitrage is you've always got good things coming in you've always got good products that are kind of dying out right you know increased competition maybe the um the brands so recently like Lancome gated everything and now they sell on Amazon so um that was you know an example of when you got to kind of pivot a little bit um another thing i started to notice was um, you know, like returns being really bad on shoes. So number one, we got like stricter on our profit criteria and, you know, by nature of just being a little bit stricter, um, that kind of shifts our focus towards those other categories. So really just like reacting to where the profit is, is, is really what it's all about. And, you know, shift and focus based on that.
0: I got a question about apparel. Like I was looking to buy socks and then, so I went to like all these outlets, and there's hardly any discount on the socks. So, how are you guys? How are you able to get such good deals on socks and Nike socks, to be very precise? Yeah, because they are not going on sale in the outlets.
1: That uh, that used to be a, a closely guarded secret, but uh, those the, luck, uh, well, not luckily, but a lot of those Nike listings got flooded with like counterfeiters and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just like with with anything, especially um, you know uh, apparel, and all that kind of stuff. Usually it's just really creative couponing and all that kind of stuff. Stacking loyalty rewards, all that kind of, all that good stuff.
0: Which, um, apps do you recommend like for people, if they're purchasing, using online arbitrage, like the cashback, which app, like there's honey, there's different ones out there. Like which one do you suggest like your top ones that you think is good to use?
1: for sure cashback is awesome and like you know when we're talking about like maximizing you know making sure that you're the guy with the lowest price like cashback is big on that right discounted gift cards all that kind of stuff um and like specifically with cashback i'll drop kind of a nugget is there's a website called topcashback.com and it aggregates a lot of those different um, services, you know, racket and honey, all that kind of stuff that, you know, maybe one of them's giving you four percent back. And then, you know, uh Top Cashback wants to give you 10%. So you can just quickly plug in a website there and make sure you're getting the the maximum cash back on that
0: site. Okay. So that's topcashback.com. Yep, yeah. Yep. Oh, thanks for that. And how do you predict if an item that you purchase will sell or not?
1: Yeah, it's it's all in the data, right? That's uh that's I think that's one of the most common like beginner holdups is like, oh what if my item doesn't sell? Like, oh I don't know, like but like that's like to me, that's like the whole point of selling on Amazon is that you already have that established demand, um, especially at least the whole point of doing arbitrage wholesale like those products that already exist is you can look at the listing and you know exactly how fast it's going to sell just by digging into the keep data, looking at, you know, the seller app estimated sales, all that kind of stuff um, gives you a really good idea. And then even if you are at the start and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to sell like I don't know what it's going to do. Um, that's where test buys come into play. And so if you're a brand new Amazon seller and that item says, oh, it's going to sell 200 times a month and you got a couple competitors, maybe you only buy 10, 15 units, see how it goes. You probably sell them pretty quick. And then that's going to very quickly be that proof of concept. It's like, okay, this is legit. I see like, you know, when it says it's going to sell 200 times a month, it it really is going to sell. And so really it's just, you know, placing those test buys and then adjusting based on that once you've kind of proved that concept to yourself. If, you know, if you're not really sure that it might sell, test it out, right?
0: So doing test buys, piloting, see without going too deep into uh product and our audience, you know, usually they have a lot of issue with the product sourcing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, if you could show us, like, how would you look for a product to sell on Amazon? What would you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We can go ahead and jump into it over here. I'll show you probably okay. it's called reverse sourcing. It's probably like the most beginner friendly way for you to go find, you know, first 15th the hundredth product. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and just quickly break down um, reverse sourcing. Basically, the idea is going to a brand like Great Value is the classic example I use a lot. Um, you can also use brands that arbitrage sellers do a lot of. Um, you know, Nike, really just any of those brands you're seeing on a lot of people's storefronts. Um, and we're going to jump into you know how you might learn those brands. Um, so I just open up a and an, just an example of you know a Great Value listing here. Um, And the reason that we've pulled up this brand here is because it's going to show us a list of other sellers who are doing arbitrage, you know, great value, Nike, all those different brands. We know that they have to be buying this from Walmart. It's great value, right? Um, You know, Nike doesn't sell on um, Amazon and they don't do any wholesale to us. So we know that everybody who's selling Nike is doing arbitrage, right? Um, And so to take that kind of to the next step, I jump into um, this product over here and using Selleramp, I go ahead and head down to the offers tab. Um, And this is showing me all those, you know, all those other uh, potential competitors, right? Other arbitrage sellers. Um, So I'll just jump into here. Um, Usually I'm looking for somebody, you know, decent amount of feedback, but not an insane amount of feedback. If they've got like 500 to 1000, they might be like a wholesaler doing some stuff. Um, Especially if you're a beginner, you might not know how to, you know, reverse engineer a little bit. Um, Because the idea as we looking, as we're looking through here, is to find these items where we can buy the item for the max cost option that that seller is suggesting to us. Um, for me, this is plugged into a default like 35% ROI and three dollars profit. So that's just automatically calculating what I need to pay for this item. So like right away, we can see we'd have to buy this for you know negative max cost. Realistically, you could put it on small night and probably break even. But you know a nine dollar item that's also sold by Amazon, it's probably not the best type of item to go into. You know having um, you know seller app to help you look through this. Um, is going to show you a lot of this other data, you know, seeing Amazon's on the listing. Um, You can also check out, um, you know, the Kiba charts over here. So you can also see like Amazon's very consistently been on this one with that orange line. Same story here. So a lot of these we wouldn't really want to compete with and we're able to rule out a lot of options um, pretty quickly here. Um,
0: Again, we can see like negative. So you would filter out the ones that uh, Amazon is on the listing, like for a beginner if you're starting out. Usually. Right, exactly. They okay. they
1: generally don't don't share sales with you as a seller. Obviously, you can you know you can always find your way in, but um, if you're finding your first couple products here, it's, there's so much opportunity where you're not going to have to compete with Amazon too. Um, so, like as I'm looking through here, every time I look at a product, I, I'm asking myself, can I? Do I think I can buy this for this max cost option? And so I'm just scrolling through here. Um, number one, looking for those products where I think I might be able to. Um, You know, this one, for example, I don't know if I, you know, maybe I can find it for um, really cheap. If I think I can find it for really cheap, I'll hit the Google button and then I'll get a, a, you know, a rough idea of what I might be paying. seems like we'll pay a a dollar a unit or so over at Walmart. Um, Looks like that's like a eight pack or something like that, though. Um, So, you know, somewhere that we might be somewhere close to profitability here. You know, maybe we jump into that a little bit, Um, but really like the main thing I'm trying to learn um, and especially you guys who are new sellers is to pay attention to the different brands you're seeing. And also up at the top, like see, you know, Crystal Light, Jell-O, all these, all these different brands start to make mental notes of that so that when you start to see these brands on sale, um, you know, in different places where, you know, there might be a you know grocery sale somewhere. Then when you see those same uh, brands roll back around, It's like, oh, I remember that seller was selling 100 Crystal Light products and they're on sale over here and that's where it gets really fun. But reverse sourcing is a super awesome way um, to kind of start to, you know, get the wheels turning a little bit. Um, And honestly, like on on a storefront like this, I'd probably click out pretty fast. It seems like they're doing a lot of um, You know, grocery probably sourcing a lot from Walmart, like products where it's hard to, you know, kind of build that moat. We're talking about getting you know, extra cash back coupons, discounted gift cards, which you're just not going to get at Walmart. Um, so as I'm looking through here, I'm also trying to get a feel for, you know, is this seller, you know, worth my time to look through. I'm seeing a lot of low max costs where they're probably not making too much money either. Um, so at this point, I'd probably just check out another storefront, right? But that's kind of the the part I like about this method is that it's really never ending. All you have to do is have a starting point and you can just keep going. So you just start from great value, start from Nike, start from any brand that you see on these arbitrage seller storefronts, just start digging in to see what other people are selling um, and try, try to figure out if you can kind of, you know, reverse engineer the same thing they're doing as, you know, as we're looking through here. Um, so, you know, we could, like this one is a good example of something I might actually check out. Um, you know, these have been a little cheap, probably not going to buy these for two bucks. I don't know. Maybe we can buy these for 11 bucks. Let's check out the Google button. And actually, that might be, you know, for, for 10 bucks right there. Um, could be a potential product. Let's let's check it out real quick. Um, so sweet. So let's go ahead and check this one out here. So um, it looks like on Keepa, the price might have been um, dropping a little bit recently. You know, sale price right now sitting up there. So, you know, it uh, looks like the, the price has tanked a little bit. So we'll go ahead and uh, hop off from here. Um, but you can see right away, like that's the kind of thought process we're looking for. And, you know, uh, having a tool like this helps me do it a lot faster. So I'm not, you know, having to do so much trial and error. Like back in the day, um, we used to click um, directly onto the storefront, go to here. And then, as you can tell, this is way less data than you're seeing um, using a tool like Stellar, helping to, uh, Really be able to look through there and just try to you know feel out which of these which of these different brands are going to be good for you to sell in the future and which of these items you think you might be able to find for that max cost um, combining that information with you know what you might know is on sale that day that's where it really gets fun but um, you know we we could talk about this for hours but like that's like this is the method I would suggest if you're a brand new seller trying to find that first product
0: when you're looking at the different storefronts like what are you looking for like what kind of seller storefront should I check out that has higher potential. Like, is there a review count that, uh, maybe they have 30 reviews or uh, what are you looking for?
1: Yeah. Review counts a good way to do it. Um, like if you get those guys who are, you know, one to five feedback, like brand new, a lot of times they'll have items that are super easy to find. Cause the idea is you want to find products that you can, you know, you can actually figure out how to get there, but you, it's a little difficult to reverse engineer it. Right. So we're looking through those storefronts. You probably wouldn't want to buy a product that anyone at any time can just go buy at Walmart at retail price and just list straight up. Right probably going to be a little bit too easy for the other competitors to do that. Um, and so as I'm looking through storefronts, I'm looking for um, especially brands that I remember coupons from in the past. If you don't have that back of mind knowledge, just spend you know 30 minutes, an hour poking around, seeing what kind of coupons might be going around. You know, check, you know, sites like Walgreens, um, check like I or VitaCost, like any of those like smaller type sites can be awesome. And then just try to keep that back of mind knowledge while you're going and reverse sourcing throughout the day. Um, Really, that's what I'm looking for is the storefronts that are selling
0: um, products that I might be able to get with a coupon or a sale that same day. For some of those products, are they gated? How do you get ungated for them?
1: Yeah, ungating is, uh, that's one of the other classic excuses you'll hear is, oh, I want to sell on Amazon, but I can't get ungated. I mean honestly like it's very very easy to uh to get ungated now. I have, you know, I made a video you can you can check it out. Uh you just use like Frontier Co-op Wholesale, get 10 units from them. That's like a, you know, kind of a buy the book way to do it. Um honestly, sometimes I've just been submitting like uh online order confirmations too. Um especially if you're buying, you know, let's say you want to get ungated in Adidas. If you just buy from the adidas.com website, make sure your business address checks out with what's on Seller Central. A lot of times that'll help you get ungated as well. So, really don't overthink ungating. Just submit from wherever you're um, really buying from as long as you know it's like a legit supplier
0: when you're looking at products to source like is there a minimum roi that you're looking for and is it different for different categories because you mentioned for products like apparel shoes that have a higher return you probably change the minimum rois that you're looking for now
1: yeah 100 um so for example like grocery products a lot of them you can't even return and so you don't have that that expense, that you might run into with other categories. So like if it's a really good grocery product, sometimes I'll go down to, you know, 25% ROI, especially if it's very stable, that kind of stuff. On the flip side of that. Um, you know, like women's shoes, we notice we're getting really high return rates, and so we look for at least 45% ROI on those those women's shoes. You know, a lot of the most shoes we're looking for like 40% ROI. We, we saw massively increased return rates between those, which is kind of funny, but uh, really just you know move the goalpost depending on what's working for you. Generally, I would say 30 or 35% ROI is a good like um, solid benchmark to kind of start your your product research at.
0: So, what do you do with those return products? like those women's shoes or products that you've already sent out and they returned back to Amazon?
1: Yeah. A lot of the times those products are um, eligible to be resold again. So when you're doing FBA, like um, you'll send it out to the customer, customer returns it, goes back to the warehouse. And at the warehouse, a lot of times they'll say, Hey, the customer didn't really mess with it. Go right back in your inventory, it'll ship out to another customer. That's the ones you love to see. Um, the flip side of that is when they call it unfulfillable, so maybe the customer tried it on, or um, they just click the wrong button at the warehouse and ships back to you. Because um, honestly, we found a lot of those returns that are unfulfillable on uh, from Amazon are. Look pretty fine, and so we can send a lot of those back into Amazon. Um, really, just make sure you're shipping stuff into Amazon that you would be happy with receiving if you were buying on Amazon. It's kind of the the rule that we try to lead to uh, go by there. Um, but if there's anything that oh they did wear it, you know, there's some some scuffing on the bottom, you know, they they opened the the bottle or whatever it is. A lot of times you you can um, go ahead and get your money back on um, like eBay or Mercari, just like a third party marketplace. Um, if you're really trying to scale, there's also some some companies that. Um, we'll like do a lot of that reverse logistics for you. Something I haven't gotten into yet, but really just like you don't overthink it. Right, it's, it's it's still worth a little bit of money even if it's in like used condition. Um, so eBay we Mercari, we're really wherever you can uh, sell some stuff locally.
0: I had a real difficulty uh, selling uh, Armani. Shoes and they're pretty new. And I'm like, why can't, why aren't people paying for them? Right? And then uh, I was like, you can bring it to the store and check them out. Right? So back to you though. What is the hardest thing you feel that in your Amazon business today?
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, especially with um, like arbitrage, um, I'm probably 90, 95% arbitrage right now, especially when you're trying to scale. It can get a little bit tedious to you know place that same order of, of 10 units or 12 units, doing it over and over again. Um, so that's like the that's the bottleneck with OA, in my opinion, is finding enough different places that you can buy like a good amount of quantity of inventory from lots of guys crushing with OA. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to a couple of guys who've done like over a million a month in OA. So it's very, very possible um, to put up some some serious volume. But, um, you know, just really finding that that bottleneck where, you know, in wholesale, you can send an email, spend 100 grand. Right. Unfortunately, you can't do that in a, in online arbitrage. So that's probably one of the bigger things that'll that'll slow you down, especially once you start getting that at massive
0: scale. Back to software though. What software do you use when you're selling on Amazon? Uh, what are the most important ones that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, for sure. So to like set up your account and find your first products, you'll hear a million different answers. But um, I mean, arbitrage, all you need is Selleramp and Kiva. Run you like less than forty bucks a month. Um, you can find your first products with that. My friend, business partner, Miles, only sources with that. And he did, you know, two or three million, something like that in the last year. Um, so it's very possible to scale with very simple methods. Once you get to the point where you're selling, you know, a thousand, two thousand bucks a month, I would also recommend adding in BeCool, um, get you a repricer. Um, and then also like a listing software, you know, inv- inventory manager, like inventory
0: lab, seller board, seller toolkit, any of those that you really prefer. Why did you pick Be cool as your repricer?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I tested uh, a lot of the other ones. I, I just like being able to uh, configure the rules the, the way it is and I tested um, I actually recently tested some of the other repricers and didn't really think that there was a significant difference that made any of the other tools better. Um, I just have gotten really comfortable with Beacon. Cool. It's, it's been great for us. So, didn't really
0: see any any need to switch because it's it's been it's been good. And what um, kind of rules do you set up for your business?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we try to do we try to take advantage of like conditional rules. Um, you guys are you guys are working hard at those uh, recently? Where uh, you know, let's say you got a product, you, you're worried it might end up ending up, you know, be being an old product or, or aging out a little bit. Um, so we'll use like a conditional where, rule where, hey, if it gets to you know 90 days, cut my price to break even. Um, change my you know my rule to sales max or whatever something like that, where you know that you're going to be able to encourage that volume with those um, you know those newer products and all that. I'll just use like an AI equalizer. Sometimes I've also got like just a regular rules-based rule. It really just depends on the the case. You know, if it has a buy box or not. Like there's 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 a little bit of of stuff to think about. How much stock you have, Um, but I would say most of the time we're using. Um, Either a a fairly simple like rules-based rule or throwing it on like a conditional rule that's going to help us restock
0: things as it gets older and older. So why do you use the conditional repricing rules? What's the main advantage for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just automates uh, some stuff we had to do uh, manually beforehand where, you know, previously we were downloading some reports and filtering by, you know, how old it is and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, all these items that are 90 days or older, let me go ahead and cut the prices. But now with
0: conditional, you you can set that up uh, more automatically, save save me some time. And time is money. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So why do some people fail when they start selling on Amazon? And also some other people, they are just plateaued, like they just can't yeah. seem to be able to scale up any longer.
1: Yeah, I think especially at the start, like there's so many people who will, you know, will go and watch the YouTube videos and um, try to absorb the information and they'll try it for a week, two weeks, and then they suck and they give up. Everyone sucks at week one, week two, right? Like the people who survive are the people who are willing to, you know, be okay with being really bad at, it at the start because you're not going to be good at it. It's going to take you a while to find your first product. But once you do, and that's, those skills start to compound very seriously, like, You've made it over that initial, um, you know, that learning curve that a lot of people kind of fall off at. Um, And you know, talking about like that plateauing, in that case, you know, maybe they're getting getting complacent with um, the stuff they're sourcing. They're not trying to find new places to source inventory. Um, A lot of guys I talk to, they're like, "Oh, I'm crushing on this site and this site." And it's like, "All right, are you trying anything else?" It's like, "Nope, I'm just trying those sites." Guess what happens when that site starts canceling your orders and all that kind of stuff in arbitrage world, right? So it's it's all about doing really good at what you're, you know, what what got you to that that plateau in the beginning but also don't forget to keep exploring keep exploring new new sources new ideas new methods to to find
0: extra products so you can't get complacent uh, too comfortable and just always source it from the same site that's what you're saying
1: yeah yeah um, yeah things things change quick so it's it's important to to always be you know feeling out you know going into those storefronts seeing you know oh is there any super fast selling items that I'm seeing in some of these these arbitrage seller stores any any bolo items is kind of the, the phrase a lot of arbitrage guys will use um, just just staying in the know as much as possible um, you know making some some Amazon seller connections making some friends who are gonna keep you
0: in the loop on that like all that kind of stuff is massive so what things did you learn on your way to 2 million sales?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like some of the the bigger lessons that I learned, especially about um, arbitrage is um, to like be very attentive to anywhere that things can leak out of your business, uh, make sure your systems are, are very refined, especially if you wanting to get to seven, eight figures on Amazon, um, the things that are, you know, just cost to do in business. At a small scale, or not a cost of doing business, like you can take preventative action towards all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't very attentive to like returns and all that kind of stuff in the early days, and I don't know if I would do it differently. Um, it helped me grow faster and you know learn faster. But now looking back in in, in retrospect, like you can't let those those things that are little stay. Stay little and not address them if you want to scale. Because eventually, if you're not, you know, tracking, you know, the difference between what you bought and what you actually sh- what actually showed up at your house, you're trying to build a seven figure business on that. It's you're gonna you're gonna end up with a good amount of uh, missing missing inventory at the end of the year. So really, just being very on top of every possible system, every number in, in your business, and um, just just trying to refine the, those systems.
0: Talking about missing products. I understand you also use a service called Gatelda or Catita. Um, yeah. what, what is that? What does that do? Does that help?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of tools that do the same thing. So really, whatever, whatever you, you, you decide to use, but um, they go into like the back end of the seller account and say, oh, you shipped in 20. Amazon said they only received 19. And they kind of send some hate letters Amazon's way. Not really, but they're saying, hey, where's that unit tracking all that kind of stuff down um, automatically for you. Um, If they need invoices, they'll say, Hey, we need invoices on these, um, these ASINs, that kind of stuff. That's a good way to help prevent a little bit of leakage in your business. But you know, there's, there's leakage on the Amazon side. And there's, there's a little bit of leakage on the, um, you know, product receiving side before you even get it to FBA. So it's important to be on top of
0: both of those things. What do you usually do um, in your free time if you have any? (laughs)
1: yeah we're working on that one for sure but up here in uh wisconsin winter you don't really want to go outside and (laughs) and enjoy the uh the the 10 degrees too much but um you know once once a little warmer we you know we'll go kayaking that kind of stuff try to try to play basketball that all that good stuff um you know staying in touch with um you know some hometown friends like um playing games online like i think um as a lot of entrepreneurs kind of level up in, in their business i think there's like a bad habit of You know like forgetting those the old friends like the you know the the people who really supported you in in the in the early days so i try to do a you know a good job of um staying in touch with them and i would really encourage all you guys who are watching who have found success to you know not forget where you came from not forget the you know the the day one homies. If you're if you're starting to make some friends in the in money Twitter or wherever you're you're hanging out.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, LeBron James bring all his friends, like bringing yeah. them up as well, right, and helping them out. And uh, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I
1: wouldn't refer to myself as LeBron as uh, <laughs> LeBron James by any means, but uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, Giannis. Yeah, who do- who knows, right? We'll see. Uh, but we've come to the end of our discussion today. But there is something that's really interesting that I forgot to tell everybody. Warner has a coaching program and he usually is $447 yeah, for just a very basic level just to get in. And his time is very precious. Is there something we could do for our audience? Like for your, uh, I know you have a course as well, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the 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 course is actually the one that's like 400 bucks or so. Um, so that's like our, our step-by-step guide. And anyone who's, uh, who's watching, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, do a giveaway for you guys. Um, so uh, we'll go ahead and give away one uh, roadmap if you want to explain the uh, the terms for us.
0: Okay. Here are the terms for the giveaway. You know, nothing in life is free, but we're going to make it easy for you. First, you got to follow uh, Fields of Profit on his YouTube channel. We'll have it in the link below. Uh, and then you also have to follow our YouTube channel, Be Cool, and then put a comment. Yeah. Tell us... What is something you learned from this video that was most helpful for you? So we know that you've been watching this webinar. And then and that's it. Yeah. And that's, you know, we'll pick one of the winners and uh, you'll enjoy the lightning FBA roadmap, which is really going to help scale up your business uh, from somebody who's actually done it. Who's someone who's actually doing it right now, who can help you. If you got value from this, you know, definitely subscribe and then definitely subscribe to Warner so you can learn a lot more about Amazon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Awesome. Thanks. Bye, guys. That was Warner Fields sharing with us his journey from making one million dollars to over two point one million dollars in yearly sales on Amazon within a year. We hope you enjoyed this webinar and found Warner's strategies and tips helpful. If you sell on Amazon, don't forget to try out our 14-day free trial for a Bequal AI repricer. We keep bringing new features to help you keep winning the buy box and get more sales. Many successful Amazon sellers. Use BeQuil's AI and Conditional Repricer. Find out more on our YouTube channel. We're BeQuil. We keep innovating to help you stay cool with your Amazon business. Make sure to comment on our YouTube video to win his course valued at up to $547. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to stay connected with our weekly new episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or any other streaming platform you prefer. Let's continue our journey to become the next Amazon Top Seller.